Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first part three of The Bit Effect. This, I mean, this isn't the third part of The Bit Effect. It's part three of Detroit Become Human. Uh, but the way I worded it, see on the other side. Welcome back to our story discussion of Detroit Become Human. Last time we left off right at the end of chapter 14, which was Jericho, where we met a whole bunch of people uh, that we don't care about. And uh, with me to discuss more people that aren't people, but we should care about, are my good friends, Craig. Hi, how are you? I forgot to think of something funny to say. That wasn't very funny. Uh, and Mike. What the beep is he doing? Hello? Who, Craig or, or, or me? Me. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that, oh, that was a fail. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, instead of doing a long prologue, let's just snap right into this and pick up where we left off. So, Craig, you are the Connor yep. boy. Yep. So, why don't you okay. start with chapter 15, The Nest. Chapter 15, The Nest. Connor chases another android and then after that we're on to chapter 16 <laughs> um, <laughs> no so chapter 15 you arrive at an apartment block you've got a hot tip that there's some strange noises coming from this place there's feathers all over the place outside you kick down the door with hank hank very nicely is like no 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 i'll go first here so he does his copley duty but also puts himself in a bit of danger which is quite nice very huggable man and you end up in an apartment, um, which is a flat for most people. You know, like an apartment's just a weird way of saying flat. Uh, and it's Certainly. full of feathers. There's pigeons flying about the place. It's gross. And there is evidence to in investigate that basically starts to indicate that there was an android in here that was going a bit loopy. Um, you follow the evidence. You eventually find that it points to a hole in the roof. And you can basically investigate the roof and an android pops out. Wah! And he's like, oh my god. So he runs away. Uh, Hank is like, what you doing? Go after him, boy! Or That's something a like that. great Clancy Brown impersonation. Thank you, thank you. Um, and then that starts the quick time event, which is one of the best quick time chase events in the entire game. I think it's fantastic because you just have to run after a guy. And you're making snap decisions on whether you take a left, which is the safe but longer route, or you take a right, which is more risky. But more risk just means a few more quick time events, I suppose, um, and some more decisions to be made. And you chase the hell out of an android. By the time it gets to the end of this wonderful chase scene, you have a choice because Hank has been shoved off the top of the roof because somehow he managed to teleport halfway across the rooftops. Like a an alcoholic he... guy who's a little yeah. overweight, he can really it's... book it when he needs he to. Really, he really can. And and your choice is essentially chase the android or save Hank because he's hanging on for dear life. And it's it's one of the first more human choices that Connor has to make on his journey of potentially becoming a deviant. Are you going to be a robot and chase after the guy or are you going to save Hank? So my first natural playthrough is to save Hank. I hope 
you guys save time. Well, I felt a little conflicted about this choice because uh, the choice was fairly transparent, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, because you've played a David Cage games before, that okay, so I'm choosing do I like Hank or not? Yeah. And that's it. Um, I, of course, chose to save Hank because why Good wouldn't time. you? But, uh, yeah, this is the first, like, okay, I'm setting relationship parameters now mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so it has a little more weight to you, like, meta-narratively than it yeah. does to narratively. Oh, yeah. So, oh, Mike, what did you do? I was about to say, I, I did save Hank, but but one of the things which, which none of you mentioned there is that a huge big pointer appears over his head basically saying probability of falling like oh yeah. you're right and it, and and i'm pretty sure it's a very very slim margin to the point where you think i should really continue and in the back of my head once i grabbed him i thought that's the human choice to do but what happens in the uh-huh. scene if you do actually pursue yeah so if you I'm do gonna... actually pursue thank you oh sorry no let nope. me go no, on the, on you, you go, go, sir. I okay, was gonna say you. I don't know what happens. So what happens? And it's it's a bit of a kick in the nuts when when you get to the end, you'll you'll realise that it was a bit of a dud. But you pursue, you catch the android, you get very little information out of the android. Hank catches up with you and says, "You should have caught me." And while Hank is harassing you, saying, "You should have helped me," the android jumps off the roof. And commits suicide. And that's it. So you're left in the exact same point whether you save Hank or don't save Hank. Okay. Um, I would like to make this more of a radio drama. So, Craig, could you do your impression of an android jumping off a building? Yep. Um, uh, Wow! (laughs) 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 Um, Could you add electrical sparks? In, in an after effect, there we go. All right, uh, so we here at the Bit Effect like to bring you to the action. Um, so do remember us when there's the next Oscar awards for sound design. We're, we're here and we're here for you. Uh, so after all that goes through, and you really want should smack Hank and go, look, I just saved your life, buddy. Um, mm-hmm. We jump on over to our resident boy of the night. And you're you're in Jericho, and at first you're wandering around going, I don't have an old man to have sexual relations with. So you're very confused. Oh. Uh, you talk to uh, a bunch of the, let's say, the designated leaders. So your other main protagonist, you talk to, like, North, you talk to Josh, you talk to Simon. Had to look at the names because I couldn't remember. Uh, sorry about that. And uh, basically this is where Marcus becomes Jesus. Uh, he is not very satisfied with the working and living conditions of these androids, mainly because they don't work. Uh, they're just mm-hmm. laying about the house constantly on their cell phones. And he's like, look, guys, life is out there. We have to take it. Um, and you, you have a few choices about whether you want to, if I remember correctly, it's where you want to be, how militant you want to be yeah. or how sneaky you want to be. Um, and, and of course, there's the... The thrown in your face of like, oh, look at the dying android. If only there were parts and, you know, things like that. Uh, there's really not much that goes on with this chapter. And there's definitely no choices that really 
hinge on anything here. This is very much just a linear story chapter of, okay, we can't live like this. We need to get do something, whether it's find an old man to become our patron or not. We don't know yet, but that's kind of where it ends. It's kind of at the, all right, let's do something, and then that's it. Which, given it's time, uh, the chapter's called Time to Decide, uh, the, the fact that it's a narrative decision as opposed to an actual literal decision is a yeah, bit of a shame. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, I mean, there is some decisions, but it's nothing that has any kind of yeah. weight, really. It, no. It's more of a, no. okay, here's what's going on at Jericho kind of chapter. The flowchart at this starts in one place and it ends in one place and it wibbles on the way there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, the best thing that comes from it is, oh, okay, so they're going to raid a plant. You know, they're going to raid a warehouse or whichever it was. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at least there's the promise of action later on. But, yeah. And then, Mike? Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, my choice is. Well, there were no choices. That's what we were just, just talking about. <laughs> uh, apologies. Apologies. I was trying to remember what happens in the next chapter because it's a weird one. <laughs> But so oh, Zlatko. yeah, Zlatko. Yeah, so so this this is Kara's kind of throwback to Resident Evil in a sort of weird way. I think yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, this this caught me off guard because because we it seems like she's the filler here. She just gets thrown into a chapter which doesn't really do much. Doesn't have much sort of sense. Doesn't match the rest of the game. I don't think. Um, it definitely doesn't match the rest of the game, but I mean, something comes of this that follows you through the rest of the game, but mm-hmm. the actual events that happen here really don't. You're right. Yeah, and what I mean, what happens is you basically show up at this sort of mansion of sorts, and you're knocking on a door to. I, I can't even remember where the lead up was to this, where I was informed about this Slatko so, guy. And- this is what before. No, sorry. After. No, before you go to sleep in the car, hmm. you meet an android who's doing the rubbish, the bin lorry. Yeah. And the bin lorry android tells you, this person can help you. Ah, yeah. Right, right. Uh, I didn't make the link. I thought he was pointing towards the actual Jericho thing later at that point. I wasn't... No. I wasn't fully... No, he was pointing you towards... Which makes you wonder, was that android in on it? Hmm? Oh, well, yeah. 100% the android was in on it. Like I, th- I took it to be like Zlatko had a few androids out there, just farming and sending them androids. Oh, and see, I took it as it was like a genuine. I've heard this person can help. Oh, go he here. Sanctuary, doesn't well, he? Maybe. Yeah, I, I thought. Yeah, I thought it was very much a. Oh, I've heard a rumor about this guy who can help. Oh, maybe. Kind of like yeah. an underground, underground right, railroad right. thing. But anyway, regardless, she she goes to the house. Uh, they go in, and Zlatko himself says, "I will, I will help you out. I will." Um... Well, I can't remember. Now, let's be fair. Hmm? Before Mister Zlatko says anything, you're like, "Ah, oh, something bad's going to happen." Yeah. Oh God, yeah. The moment like, uh, the door opens, you're like, "Well, okay." It's quiet in yeah, there. I'm screwed. <laughs> but um, and then but when yeah, what's you, his face? You do get big bow turns up. Uh, Luther in this part as well, which is. Which is good, but yeah, basically to to run through it quickly, all that happens is you go into the house, you get taken down to the basement. Slatko himself, decides... where all good things happen, <laughs> of course, of course, of course. On the walk through to the basement, you see all these other 
funny looking shop of robotic horrors sort of down there sat, sat in the cages um and yeah at this point you think yeah it's a very good idea to get up on that machine at which point he decides to oh, start absolutely erasing your memory and taking you know taking alice away to some other part of the house um so this is your point to try and struggle escape if possible and then um i i will i will say a couple of things sorry mike hmm? so yeah, this is your your liquid or is it Otacon and Snake moment where like how long can you hold out against the torture? I, yeah. I thought the way they did it, I expected a button jam, and I liked that they made you look around and see. Okay, I need to unplug this and I need to move this, and I, I like the way they did it. They actually made you look through because this place takes place in first person hmm. when you're up there on the rack. And um, the way they didn't really hint at much, it was just, did you pay attention to what he was doing when he was putting you in here? I thought that was pretty good, actually. Oh, I, I, I managed to just press buttons at this point. <laughs> it was just a case of, if I press something on the left, I know something will be on my far right the next bit. And then it's, it's yeah. sort of like, yeah, there's, there's a rhythm to, to the patterns of where you've got to be pressing stuff. But yeah, essentially, you you break out, you um, you set fire to something on the floor by knocking something over, and that that sort of um, you you knock over a bottle of vodka, which short circuits yeah. a monitor from the other side. Yeah, setting, and setting that's fire to yourself ca- is probably that's... not a good idea. So I'm glad I I'm glad I remembered that. <laughs> <laughs> so you set fire to the room. Mm. Um, your hands melt off, and then you can escape because your your hands have melted off. But before melt it, before your hands melt off, <laughs> you need to make sure you open the cages for all the other robots down yeah. there, uh, which yeah. which is exactly what I did. Um, yeah, um, this is very much a Toy Story moment when all the other toys come after Sid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, that's uh, exactly it. Yeah, it is. I was like, oh, where's the little 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 spider with the baby yeah. head? We're, I would have preferred that thing. Every robot in the house the and creeping. the pol- polar bear, was it? So I believe upstairs, I upstairs, as you're making your way to try and find Alice again, because you go from the basement to the standard floor you're level. You're right. Um, you, you do, Lufa does say at one point, I will, I will help you out, which is quite weird because you've only just met the guy, but. You get a feeling mm-hmm. there's a bit of a relationship between you from the off, near enough. But um, as you make your way up, you can go through some of the side rooms, which you'll be coming back through after. But you do get to see, like, there's even a yeah, a, a, an android. So, what? What would you call it? Androgenized animal? Is that the term? Not androgenized, but uh, <laughs> no, that's really not. Yeah, that's that's very androided. <laughs> androided. Uh, mechanized. Mechanized. Yeah. Mechanized. mechanized not works. Okay. No, that's very different. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah yeah you eventually get Alice and you start making your stealthy return um, to to the back door because you might have even checked. You have to check the doors. You have to. Yeah, this is basically a hide-and-seek. Hide-and-seek a hell of a lot without any real indication of what you're doing properly. Um, so I bumbled through this. I didn't get caught, but it seemed like he didn't see me even when I'm pretty sure he did see me. So, so yeah, I was quite thankful for that. But, uh, yeah, it all culminates in him coming outside the house, uh, 
Lufa pretty much taking your side, and if you let those robots out, them taking their revenge on good old Slatko. At which point you think, I don't know what happened there, but I'll move on to the next chapter. So how about you guys? What what was your path? The the nice the nice touch in this is Luther actually explaining why he then became a deviant because Alice, when you get strapped up underneath, Alice goes to protect you, and that's what made him snap. Because at that point he saw a little girl trying to save the woman, and he was just like, I can't let this happen. So that was a really nice touch. Um, Except for what happens later. Yeah. Uh, and uh, on my last playthrough, I let Kara die in this. So Zlatko shot her square in the face. Uh, and that was what noise did she make when she died? <laughs> there. Okay, that was pretty good. All right, okay. Thank you. Theater um, of the mind. Yeah, so uh, Kara, my Kara died. I'd, like, the first playthrough was exactly verbatim what you just said there, Mike, but the, the last one was, was Kara dead and no need to worry about Alice or Luther or creepy Jerry's in a theme park or anything at all. It was just dead Kara. Now, I, I think this this chapter kind of has the most uh, wasted potential, right? In terms of, I'm going to sound like such a douche, and I'm sorry for sounding like a douche, but I have to. Um, this one has the most wasted potential, right? Because... All three of us, and probably everybody who's ever seen any kind of media, knew exactly what was going to happen as soon as he opened the door. Yeah. This would have been a really cool chance to make player choice really matter. In the fact that you could have had Zlatko be just as creepy and just as ominous, but actually genuinely help you. But you had all the chances to go, no, no, this feels hinky, I'm Mm -hmm. out. Yeah. And you could have had a really cool branching storyline where you trusted the creepy guy... And he helped you, or yeah. you you chickened out, and then you went another way. But instead, yeah. it it it's, it seemed like oh, well, we need something actiony here. Uh, let's have a creepy guy for no reason try to tear you apart. Yeah, they absolutely, a hundred percent agree because they made it so the two people that help Kara or try or supposedly help Kara are Zlatko and Rose, and Rose is a lovely, friendly woman. Mm. You're just like, oh, I just want to get a hug with you and you'll help me. It, it makes it so obvious that they could have did something interesting with one of them. You know, like Rose could have tried to kill you or Zlatko could try and save That's you. That's kind of what I expected of Rose because I'm like, okay, I saw what you did earlier. Are you going to try to yeah. pull the same... So I was always given uh, her the side eye. Yeah. Of like, ah, what are you... What were we playing the other... Craig, was it something we played? Or was it an actual episode of the show where we're like, I was always looking at that character with the side eye, but she never did anything. I can't remember. Something just fired in my brain. But, um, oh well. Uh, yeah. pure pool. It was pure pool. There's always that bar to, <laughs> that guy dancing. And you're like, is he going to do something this time? Uh, no, it was something, something we played. And it was a suspicious character that ended up not doing anything. It was like a grandmother or a grandma or. You're right, yeah. What was that? that? Uh, anyway, Russian, Russian Roulette yes. is the next chapter, and that was... Who exactly? Oh, uh, Russian Roulette was... Uh, what's his face? Connor? So it was. So this is another time where the um, the whole thing opens, or the, the, the chapter opens, and you're meeting Amanda again. Amanda. And you're meeting her inside that 
constructed fake server beautiful garden place and basically she's trying to press you on ahead in the investigation that's all she's trying to do after which you arrive at hank's home and no one answers the door oh my god no one's answering the door so you creep around the side you look through the window and hank is passed out on the floor you're like oh my god so you smash the window and then jump through it and the weirdest way to jump through a window because you smash the window and then take a few steps back and then he somehow manages to get his feet through first but also not land on his feet. I don't... It's a weird way to jump he through the window. He Jackie it? <laughs> yeah, he really does. Um, you meet Sumo, Hank's dog, who's a lovely great big... Uh, uh, is What kind of dog is he? Like a Beethoven dog? St. Bernard. St. Bernard. It's a gorgeous dog. And you go over and you find that Hank is just absolutely paralytic drunk. He is smashed off of his face. There's various bits and bobs lying about the place. There's a gun. There's some stuff lying about the table. So you take him through and in hilariousness again, like I, I just love everything about Hank and Connor. You throw him in the bath, you turn the shower on and he has a go at you like good buddies do. It's very good. You go and pick him up disgusting shirt, like a stripy shirt or a zebra print shirt well, or something. I didn't think the shirt was that bad, I mean No, they were all, the, all three choices were terrible Dave, you've got a terrible choice in shirts Oh I do, absolutely, absolutely <laughs> Every night should look like you just came from a strip club Yeah um, Which, oddly, that's where we're headed uh, uh-huh. So you, you you tell Hank that there's been a murder and the thing, the, the funny thing that I like here that the, the reverse comedy thing happens later as you say there's a, been a murder at a strip club, and Hank is like, maybe we should go and have a look. Right, go get my shirt. <laughs> so you get my shirt, and while he's changing, you can nip through into the kitchen and investigate the scene that Hank left. In particular, there's a photo on the table that's turned down, and it's of his son, which if you analyse, it turns out his son died. It's horrible. It's almost like Hank had some sort of, you know, Ethan about him from heavy rain, his son died, and blah, 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 blah. They can both kill themselves at points. It wasn't Jason. I think it's Cole. Cole train. Yeah. Jason? Jason? (laughs) And you can investigate his gun, which has the single bullet Russian roulette. Yeah, it's called Screenwriting 101. Yeah. Um, Still, as cliched as it is, I think by this point I was bought into Hank as a person, so I was totally like, "Oh, oh, buddy, we've got to, we've got to do something about this. We've got to help you out." And that's kind of where the the chapter ends. You go off to investigate a strip club, which isn't really a strip club. Yeah, yeah but we'll save that bit for the next time. Okay, all right. Well, all right. I think apologies. I think he actually says sex club. Okay, I was gonna say that was I don't think it wasn't a strip club. They did very different no. things there than what happens at it a strip a sex club. club. Yeah. Um So Carl so yeah. and Marcus were there. And Cattle. Yeah, sorry, Cattle and Marcus were there. But not the Cottle you're thinking of, a different Cottle. It was a lady Carl. Um Yeah, yeah, it's co uh that that I think this this is the chapter that made me like ugh. Because just because of how oh look there's his dead son oh look there's a gun oh look he eats a bunch of takeout oh just like oh come yeah. on 
Um, I still, I mean, even now that I finished it, I still love the Clancy Brown character, mm-hmm. mainly because of Clancy Brown. Like, so even if though it's cliched to Helen back, the performance is still good enough to where I was still interested in what would happen. What I wasn't interested in is our boy Marcus. Uh, so this is where you've decided to. Oh, sorry, I should say first. This is chapter nineteen, spare parts. And this is what you're doing. You're trying to raid a warehouse facility that uh, has android blood, has android spare parts, things like that, so you can go back to Jericho and help fix things up. Um, there's a couple different ways this this can change. Like, the permutations are fairly decent on this. Uh, so, like, you know, you can uh, go sneak through a guardhouse. You can uh, knock out the guard. Can you knock out the mm-hmm. guards? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Um, and you know, or you can go the super stealthy route where they never even know you're there as opposed to the distraction route. Um, what this happens, what happens is you see, you get the guard key, you come back out and you run across an Android guard. Marcus then goes, we are the droids you're looking for and turns him to the good side. Or you can say, nah, screw you. I don't mm-hmm. like androids and leave him there. In which case he does set off the alarm. If I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it becomes a bit of... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I just said I was just agreeing with you. So oh, okay, I'm sorry. Um, whether he sets the alarm off or not, it, it still pretty much leads to the same thing of you escaping with a truck, whether yeah. it's through uh, well, forceful means or stealthy means. You say that, but the truck is entirely optional. The guard outpost is entirely optional as well. Really? Yeah, you can just go in, get some blue blood, and then jump over the fence and leave. Oh, well then, props to this chapter. I, yeah, I, that idea, I guess, never even occurred to me. It was like, well, I'm here. I might as well just truck yeah, there. You can, because there's the risk involved, so you can just literally... It's the bit that annoys me the most is you sneak through so many containers and, and you come out the ocean and sneak through containers and then to escape, you run 50 feet and jump over a fence. Why didn't you come in by jumping over the fence? Well, it wouldn't have been near as dramatic. Um, oh, oh, you're right. And actually, I mean, yeah. okay. I mean, you, I guess you had to have them actually sneak in. Otherwise, you couldn't present the option of stay stealthy and get extra stuff. Or yeah. look at that. Um, did you guys turn the guard? Hey, I, yeah, you save save the guard. There's an interesting thing at the very end if you don't save the guard. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, because I mean, I, we'll most people, now. I would imagine, oh. save the guard. Yeah, like yeah. So you you can recruit the guard. Or you don't recruit a guard. And what happens when you're doing your march later? You can decide as Marcus to sacrifice yourself. You know, instead of running oh, away. Oh, that's the, right. Yeah, yeah. The the guard that you save comes in and takes a bullet for you and you escape. If you don't save the guard, Marcus actually just cops it. And that's the end of his story. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember. And some, some of those choices seem very much like, well, I did it one way. Let's try the other way. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't see too many people leaving him there. But, yeah, yeah I'm sure some people do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, so it ends with you having a tr- truck full of supplies and you're headed back to Jericho. And that's where we leave Marcus. Hmm. And where do we go from there? Sorry, I've lost the last one. We go to the, the Eden Club. Oh, the Eden Club. So we're back with Connor and Krabs. Hank, Connor and Hank. Jesus, Dave. Um, and you Krabs. turn up at the Eden Club. 
the Eden Club, the sex club that Hank was so happy to be going and visiting, turns out to be an android sex club. So that his comedic remark as you're walking down the hall is, oh, I see why you wanted to come here, Connor. <laughs> uh, love you, Hank. But essentially, what's happened here is someone has died on the premises. One of the, the clients has been murdered. But you don't really know that. Your other... Um, what's his name? The dickhead cop. I can't remember. Harvey Bullock. Uh, I can't remember. He's yeah, he's there, and he's just like, oh, he's just had too much fun. But as Connor, you investigate, it turns out he's been strangled. There's a uh, um, these these sex doll androids are called Tracys. So there's a Tracy on the floor. You can aw- get her awake for two minutes. So you've got a two minute timer to quiz her. And eventually you piece together that there was two in the room at the time. Um, so this other Tracy obviously committed the crime. So to try and find it, you have to do a bit of solid detective work, which the first time I ever did it was quite good. And every single time since then, it was a pain in the hoop. But what you do is you have to probe the minds of all of the sex dolls to try and see where this doll went. Um, gets a bit tedious, but in the end, you find yeah, out she I mean, went I mean, to the I mean, staff room. Oh, sorry, oh, well, I was gonna say, I mean, like, like, I'm okay with stuff like that that might not be great on a replay because for, on the first play, it's fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you, of course, you're thinking, okay, it's that one, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, okay. And then it's the, I, what I don't know is how the game actually works, whether it's like the third one you check or if it's always a it's designated always one. one. Is it always it's the same the, one? Okay. Yeah, it's the same ones. Uh, you can... It felt to me like this was about eight stages of investigation when it could have been about three or four. I mean, there were a lot of rooms that it went to. And to be honest, if you didn't have an Android, you'd think, if there was another Android here, they would have probably went to the staff room. They're not going to go anywhere else. And indeed, they went to the staff room. Um, you get attacked, you get into a series of quick time events. Hank is being attacked, you're being attacked by... Tracy's and almost ninja. no underwear. Yeah. Ninja prostitute androids. Yeah, ninja, ninja nearly naked prostitute lesbian androids. Let's just put the whole thing in. Almost sounds crass um, when you say it that way. <laughs> it does. Um, so remember before when we said, who did David Cage want to see naked? It was none of the main stars. It was just all of the models that he used for the sex club. I mean, yeah, I, I imagine he got a little embarrassed and went, okay, j- just the underwear. Uh-huh. So, yeah. yeah. So, very end of it, there's another um, Connor and Hank defining both relationship and in terms of Connor's deviancy choice. The Tracys turn out the two of them were in love and they were getting beat up by this guy and one of them just wanted to see the other one. He was in, she was in love with her, so she stopped it by strangling the guy. So they hold hands, and they go to run away, and as Connor, you can either shoot them in the back, which no self-respecting human person would ever do, or you can let them escape. And if oh. you let them escape, Hank walks up to you, and he's like, you know, maybe it's better this way. And, and it was a, like a really touching, nice moment. And I just thought at that point that solidified Hank as being a bro and Connor as being a deviant, lovely so man. So that, that first choice. Yes. The shooting them in the back that no one would ever do. You don't shoot them in the back. First off, 
You shoot them right to their face. You shoot the one. And then the other one goes, you know, crazy and tries to kill you. Uh, they were both trying to kill you. And I just so happened to hit the right buttons. And then <sighs> pop the one. Now, no. my daughter then threw a hissy fit. And I had to redo it the correct mm -hmm. way. Uh, yes. Actually, I, I like honestly, yeah, you were trying to kill me, and then of course I'm gonna try to kill. Like it seems like everybody made the dumbest choice to get to that point. Yeah. Like, I mean, to be fair, the prostitutes could be like, "Oh, you're an android. Here's what happened," and yeah. you know, could have done that. Uh, yeah, I did kill him the first time, and, and my gut was to shoot the one anyway because she was trying to kill me. Fair enough. But uh, I was forced uh, against my will to do the mm -hmm. the good choice, which. I don't understand. So the good, the good choice. I, yeah, I don't. I don't. Okay, so bear with me here. I know spoiler gate is off and all that. Oh yeah, yeah. But with Hank's background, at mm -hmm. this point, he would not want to see you let androids go. He's still in his hell bent against androids phase, so it doesn't make sense. And this is my thinking behind why I shot them. Because I thought it would get me brownie points with Hank. But of course, the second <sighs> I did shoot them, I felt completely remorseful. And Hank started saying, you know, all this stuff which I didn't expect to come from him. Like, oh, they're just, they're in love and things. And I went, oh my God, Hank. <laughs> oh no, uh, oh no, it's Carl and Marcus. No. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, like this doesn't make sense for Hank to be all like, it's better this way. No, it's not you hate androids. You wanted me to kill them. I, I do no. I that doesn't make sense to me. I I disagree respectfully because I think by this point there's already been enough interaction with Connor that he's beginning to see that androids might have something to them. I, I, okay. I genuinely. Now, I can go with you on that. Okay, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll go with you on that. Say, you know, he's, his heart has started to soften uh -huh. a little. That's fine. Does he also really appreciate you being a terrible cop? No, I, but I think the the cop side of things is less important to him. Like it's it's far and at every point where you have a decision as Connor, Hank respects the human decision as opposed to the cop decision. Like when you meet Kim, Kaminsky later or whatever, yeah, he he far more respects you not taking the extra information to do the right thing and just walk out. So like, I think he's just a, like a really good person. That has is conflicted inside about androids. Like I, I, I really think it's a really he's really well written like that. Well, I, I think it Honestly, works better because if you were to shoot them at this stage and realize what mistake you'd made, then the Kaminsky bit later is your sort of redemption reverse role of it. So it, it makes both scenes a bit a bit stronger. I don't know. Well, yeah, and, and see, I also think if if you had killed the uh, the Tracys here. That might have also been the turning point for Hank, as in this is an event that mm -hmm. really made him start to question what he thought. It is. it is because the next scene with them is the bridge one, and that's where that's that is the literal turning point. So everything you've done up until then is the bit where Hank turns or doesn't, and that that has a huge consequence later. I guess I guess some of my problem is is every time you make a decision that makes Hank like you more. Right? Mm -hmm. It always seems to be decisions where you're also being terrible at your job on purpose. 
Yeah, but, but like, yeah, but, <laughs> but uh, cops aren't just cops aren't androids that just shoot people. Most no, but globally, you are. You are, but you're also changing as a person. You're changing to become more human. Detroit become human, and oh, Hank, that's what it means. We we See, did discuss this it was a clumsy on the previous, title. previous episode, and, we did, and this we is did. the wild card of choices, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah. Uh, this is. Um, <clears throat> uh, let's talk about when we mean cop. We're not talking about American ones because, oh boy, golly, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about Scottish <laughs> ones because they're nice, nice gentlemen. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. It, it just seems like yes, yes. This is you showing. Human, but you're also forgetting the fact that those two Tracys were trying to stab your face in with a high heel. Oh, it's self-defense. It's like a self-defense or not, you still tried to stab my face in. Oh no! I I immediately. If, okay, I let's put like, it this way: if they had killed Hank, uh-huh. would you still be going? Oh, I, yeah, but I, it was self-defense. I would have shot them in the face. Exactly. So if they had killed Connor, which I guess would be the the best, no harm, no foul mm-hmm. there. Because they can just bring him back. But, I mean, if they had succeeded in what they were trying to do, you wouldn't be no harm, no foul. And you definitely wouldn't, if you're role-playing it, I wouldn't be very forgiving of somebody trying to stab my face in with a high heel. Yeah. So I totally get it. I think the problem with this whole thing is the the Tracy that that jumped to you in the first place to try and stab you should... Connor wasn't being aggressive... He was just looking into a stock no. of Tracy's and she attacked first. That is where I think this the scene in general loses it a wee bit. I think it I think it could have been done in the same way as the first one. It could have been a, the Tracy jumps out, you, you have a conversation, and you can either turn them in or you can let them go. Yeah, like like the whole again, it feels like well we need an action scene. Exactly. If, if you yeah. didn't have the action scene, the scene would have been a lot harder to justify one decision or the other, I think. Yeah. Um, it, it, as, as it sits now, if you shoot them, it kind of plays out like the Blade Runner scene where he shoots the prostitute. You're like, oh, you're just going to do that. Okay. Uh, there's no real decision making. Or I should say you're making decisions without with them hiding information. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I understand your view too, sure. It's just like I think it was sloppily done. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I, mean, I I agree with that. Like we're, I think we're both edging each other. No, God, no, we're not. Yeah, doing you that. really, <laughs> Craig. Yes. Call me Carl. <laughs> okay, Carl. Well, in in a weird twist, that that is the few few episodes of the game which are, and I'm surprised we probably haven't said it until now, but. They're they're the few scenes which are probably closest to Blade Runner, which is which is quite odd. Yes, um, very. And yeah, that the thing is, we're about to go off a cliff into the Pirates Cove, <laughs> which is, which is nothing like Blade <laughs> oh, Runner in the slightest. Um, well, I haven't brought up a lot of Blade Runner uh, analogies yeah. because Craig's never seen Blade oh. Runner. So God, I'm yeah. I've I've, oh. I've seen a bit of it now. I oh. watched up until. Um, uh, Harrison Ford was interrogating a janitor android or some sort of androidy type person. Yeah. Or he was interrogating someone that he didn't know, and and that's where I stopped it because I just I 
I couldn't watch anymore. I think I might have either been falling asleep or it was a bad day. It it looks like the kind of film that I would really like. Oh, I don't know why I've not seen it. Do you know what? I've Well, you've I've seen got it. You've a played Snatcher. limited collection of yeah. Blu-rays, but Blade Runner director's cut is one of my um Blu-rays, so I will post that over to you and you can have a agenda. I bought it. I bought oh. the 4K version off Amazon like digitally. <laughs> Like it's sitting there, and I just, I just can't. Oh man! I, no I, excuses. No excuses. I, I know it's, 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 it's a slow movie, and you really have to be in the mood for a slow burn. To be fair, I've, I've got two very, very short stories to add here. Actually, weirdly enough, but um, when I had a job at a supermarket, which shall not be named, it was absolutely terrible. And one of our jobs was actually to remember four or five digit numbers to go with all these different items and by the end of the second week they expected me to know that bread was like 5311 for example and they expected me to know this entire list of about 60 odd items and I had no clue where to start I wasn't going to remember the first two or three never mind 60 of them but the guy did actually say do you think you might be autistic because you can't remember all these numbers which was which was a shock which was a shock to say the least However, however, yeah. the the other main point from that is that Blade Runner itself is a is an odd one because that's actually a, a movie which has multiple versions which make you sort of reinterpret how you see the thing, similar to well, Detroit. Not exactly. That was the thing. other thing. Mm. Yeah, that was the other thing. Is the, there's like forty versions of it. As and long the as you don't have the version with Harrison Ford narrating, it's it's good. Put it that way. Um, the, what happens is there are a lot of uh, symbolic things, a lot of analogies going on and okay. things like that. And they were scared American audiences wouldn't get it, so they had Harrison Ford go, like, and that's when I thought he might have been an android. Oh. It's awful. Oh, dear God. So, yeah, as long as you don't have that version, then you're, you're okay. okay I, but- I mean, the ending's always up for debate until the sequel, I guess. But... Now, yeah. This is what's made me most interested, is the sequel looks fantastic, and I really love, oh god, I've forgotten his name, but... I, Ryan Gosling? Um, which is, yeah, Ryan Gosling. I really, really like Ryan Gosling. Alright, well, well, one other good thing about Detroit is Detroit has quite, quite nice looking HDR stuff in it, but the thing is, Blade Runner, it's, uh, Blade Runner 2049 is actually one of the weakest... HDR movies around, according to oh, is it? some some things I've checked. Although, hmm. while we're on the subject, I do want to give Detroit credit for not going the Blade Runner route. Hmm. Like, they went with a very different aesthetics, and the temptation to just, oh, hey, let's yeah. do Blade Runner hmm. has hmm. got to be hmm. so high. So, you know, props to them for that. Hmm. I mean, um, Kojima couldn't resist Blade Runner. No. Turns out David Cage is a better game maker than a Kojima. Who would have thought <laughs> it? Heard it here first, folks. Uh, well, my, let's eh, just move on. I'm not, let's I'm just not let's just go to the Pirates Cove. <laughs> it's, I'm yeah. sure the Pirates Cove is something in Divinity Original Sin as well, but I don't. I'm not sure. Anywho, <laughs> anywho. Um, so Pirates Cove, it is an odd one, isn't it? So Kara's back again, showing just how just how vital her chapters are to the game at this point. With a mm-hmm. Uh, a journey. We're about two hours away from our destination. We say, oh, the car's in perfect condition. Suddenly it breaks down. Yo, sugar. So, fortunately, we can. We can walk up this icy road. 
Apologies. It's supposed to be shit, but sugar will suffice. Uh-huh. Anyway. I was going to say, Kara turns into an 80-year-old lady and says, oh, sugar. Like, see, when editing, just as an aside, sorry, but I seem to, like, swear a significant amount. And the explicit thing, the marker is always on explicit, no matter what, if we swear or not. But do I swear too much? Because I... Now, I see, I have the same thought about myself. I wonder if I'm the one that swears too much. I think it's just self-censorship okay. for all of us trying right, okay. not to. I, I'm the one who does... I do it. I do it all the time, but the truth the truth is I'm, I'm trying to hide hide my bad language from Elliot, and it doesn't work because now he says, okay. oh, sugar, on occasion. Well, to be fair, Mike, uh, he will hear those words very soon in the rest of the world, so mm-hmm. no use in self-censoring, I say. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So we're on to Creepy Jerry Town. Mm, mm. So, so okay, why why Creepy Jerry? Why is it called Creepy Jerry? Because of Jerry. What? Because of Jerry? Jerry is a mess. What? So what? yeah, as as I was saying, Jerry is the collective consciousness of all of those androids. Mm. Oh, that's I'm wondering because that's my dad's name, and I'm like Creepy Jerry. <laughs> oh God, Creepy Jerry. Is that something I don't get? Okay, no. all right. <laughs> no, because so, they're the only android that has a collective conscious because they obviously work in a in a carnival, hmm. so they need to all know what's going on. And we because okay. we the car breaks down, we come around the corner and we arrive at Pirates Cove, which is where we 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 try and find somewhere to to sleep for the night. Um, that's Kara, Alice, and Luther, but. On on the way in, you bump into all these frozen androids, all of which are collectively Jerry. <laughs> not uh, my father. No, not your father. Not, not Dave's father. But they're they're and, all sort of like uh, they don't seem to be working correctly, and they they come out with some weird sort of blurbs. It's it's a bit it's a bit freaky to be honest. It's like a yeah, they have like the company pitch for like half their speech, yeah. and then don't they, yeah yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's, it's it's that whole sort of fallout. It's Five Nights at Freddy's. I was yeah. okay. I've not played that, but they're very. For for me, the closest thing would be something like Fallout. I think I don't know. Okay, yeah, I could definitely see that in something mm-hmm. like Fallout. Yeah, mm. I thought it was like I, th- I thought the whole scene was kind of pointless, apart from the fact that by this point you're definitely like Alice. You haven't eaten. Yeah, for two and, days. and Luther's rubbing, <laughs> pushing on. A little bit Luther's too. Like, so, you, yeah, you don't know. He, oh, you don't know by now. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Luther's the, the, very the, much in a JRPG here, where he says those things like, "Oh, perhaps you're." Hmm. Uh-huh. No, never mind. I wonder if you could. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it, it and it, it's smackingly obvious to everybody mm-hmm. playing. Luther also does the uh, the sort of JRPG thing of standing by the window all the time and things like that. So, <laughs> yes. You know, the last person. He's, very he's, he's like the Dunbar or something from from Xenoblade. I don't, he just stands in the corner and then expects mm-hmm. you to go over and he'll say something which is supposed to be significant, but you don't really clock onto. Which is exactly how it's playing got, out for Kara at this time. Yeah. Um, I've got to say, though, that he actually is quite... not so, He's solid as in solidly built, because he's obviously a construction worker, but he's actually like a really well-written, tiny character. Like, he has a mini-arc of starting to care for Alice and everything. Which, again, is kind of strange. But yes... Like, like it makes sense all the way up until Alice turns out to 
dun dun dun. And then you're like, oh, Die. yes, that uh, she 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 dies. Yeah. So um, so the Jetties the the Jetties are like a I I like the Jetties. I thought if you wanted to populate an entire circus carnival with an android, you want them to have that upbeat personality. It's a bit creepy that he's like, we haven't seen a child in a while, and you're like. Okay. By the way, I, I like the Jerry's is not something you would have said if I looked through the, the comics of World War that my grandma left me. I'm, you know, no, I'm I'm <laughs> literally playing Call of Duty World War Two and I haven't heard anyone say I like the Jerry's. No, people famously did not like the Jerry's back in the old forties. Yeah, they didn't, but yeah, um sorry Mike, I interrupted. No, you. that's okay. That's, I mean all that happens from here is that uh Alice goes to sleep. When you do find some shelter in the in the theme park, at which what you, you you do get the sleep, and then I think it's the following morning we wake up. That's still in this chapter, isn't it? It doesn't cut from that point. Yeah. You do stay in, um, and then you suddenly no no no. You know what? You don't even go to sleep because you have that moment you where you the... start to pull the gun or not. Ah. Yeah, you can shoot the jetties or. Alice goes for a wee ride. Ah, on sorry, a I, I thought that was in the morning after, but no, no. So. Yeah, you hear all this noise of, of things running towards towards the hut, at which point you you suddenly get what you think's an enemy coming to attack you. And you can you can do a warning shot, you get multiple options. For me, I just sort of like went there's a few too many of them. I don't think I'm gonna do anything. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I only have so many bullets, I shouldn't waste one with a morning shot. <laughs> and and yeah, we were rewarded because it was it's the exact same sort of thing that Detroit's pulled off quite a few times by now. But suddenly mm-hmm. they say, you know, um, we're here, we just want to show Alice a good time. <laughs> uh, uh, Mike. Not, not not well stated there, <laughs> but um, <laughs> and you go on um, what was called a carousel is that the word merry-go-round carousel yeah yeah um i i will it, it sounds very weird but i want to give them credit for what they didn't do here um because my first gut reaction was oh look i'm in a theme park with creepy androids there's gonna be another chase scene with creepy uh, carnival androids coming after me, and I'm very glad they yeah. didn't. Uh, this this actually went in a way where I was, I was surprised by where it went. So mm-hmm. uh, again, props to them for not doing something. Yeah, I think this is this is the thing that balanced out the whole Zlatko being obvious thing was because you are on your toes and you're a bit like oh my, because you're straight out of Zlatko's house, you're in his car, and this is the next thing you encounter as as Kara. So you're a bit like. On, you must be on edge, but they, they did it well. Yep. Um, that that of course leads us to the Stratford no. Tower. Oh, no, the, no, it the bridge. It's oh, the bridge. <laughs> yep. Oh, well, this is the bridge to the Stratford Tower. I okay. just wanted to make that clear. Uh, it's not, but okay. Nice, <laughs> nice save. Um, so the bridge, the bridge is the defining moment for Connor and. Uh, Hank, uh, Hank is sitting, looking over the bridge. It's not the San Francisco Bridge because it's in Detroit, so it's the Detroit Bridge. Yeah, so one that leads Maybe. to Stratford Tower. Yep. Uh, no. No, this is the bridge that leads so, to SCP. I think. There we go. Uh, uh, so he's he's sitting, looking out the bridge. You walk up as Connor to Hank, 
and you can have a conversation. It's a very conversational piece, but a lot of the options you have um, in your dialogue is unlocked by previous actions. So you can be nice. You can ask him about his son if you looked at the photo. You can ask him about this, that or the other. And it, and it drives it down a certain path. And I've done both paths here. So I've done the normal path, in inverted commas, where you just have a conversation with Hank. Um, and it's it's nice. It, it, this is the point where Hank uh, rises to friend and his, his meter of friendship or hatred. Uh, but the alternative, if you've been a complete bam and you shot the traces and you were mean to Hank, is he straight up shoots you in the head. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's a rough it's a rough one, um, but I, I I think it, it's just an intermediary chapter that that just solidifies that point, and it's kind of like it's like a, a a narrative checkpoint. Have you done enough to make Hank become your friend? Which on paper sounds kind of a jerk move because the story is supposed to play out no matter what, mm-hmm. but. I, I think that kind of works because if you're just playing this without paying very close attention to the flowcharts, this will be your very much no things can go come very different if yeah. you try this again. So I'm I'm kind of okay with this being a quick stop point for Connor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, um, absolutely. I I did find a decent amount of wiggle room because I thought once I'd killed the the Tracys that, that I yeah. was off the. Oh, there is the the game is so so. I said it before. The game is so forgiven in its quick time events and in its decision making that you have to commit to being Connor Android or Connor Human. Mm. To to there's no middle ground. Or the the, I mean there is a middle ground, but it would <laughs> confuse the hell out of everything. All right, this of course. So Connor and Hank, of course, walk down the bridge, and mm. oh look, there's the Stratford Tower, Hank. And he goes, <laughs> "Sure is." And then they turn and walk away. So, um, this is the that's, point where that's not Con- how mine ended. Mine just ended. It kind of faded away. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, I got the bonus scene. <laughs> oh, did you get the, um, the bonus? All right, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then Connor slaps, you know, Hank on the back and goes, "I could go for a Krabby Patty." And they have a good laugh, and then it fades oh. out. <laughs> um, so now we pick up with Marcus and we're going to pick up the pace as well because we're already at an hour mm. and this is oh, not geez. going to be a four-parter so uh, keeping things moving briskly Go. along this is where you decide okay we need to make a stand so they decide the best way to make a stand is to send a message to everybody Hey guys, this <laughs> yes. is the this is the tower one, right? Not the one where you're like at the square, and you can flip cars and and do that stuff. The Stratford Tower, no, the Stratford Tower is the tower. Okay, all right, all right. So you decide. Let's go hijack a media company's building, and we will broadcast this message to androids everywhere in a fifty mile radius. Um. Basically, it, there's a lot of choices you can make on whether to be violent or whether to be peaceful. Since I knew those things would probably come back to bite you, I went everything peaceful. So, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't kill the guards. You uh, you didn't break anybody's neck and steal their uniform. You didn't Agent 47 it, that's for sure. 
Um, no, it, well, and you uh, made what? a completely pointless Agent thing Fox. of going out one window and coming in another. And then going yeah. yeah, to go into the elevator. Ridiculous. Okay, guys, I I have uh, rescinded my previous comment on that because remember last week when I said you get all the way up Ninja to press the lift? Yeah. I think you screw with the server and the room that you're in Ooh. that oh, enables you. Oh, maybe you're right. I think that's mm. the point of it. Yeah, the security yeah. thingy. So you, okay. you screw with the server and then go up and do your thing. So I apologize. So we, as a whole persona at the Bit Effect, do apologize to David Cage for this one instance. Who? David Cage. <laughs> he wants to make you feel emotions when you play your video games. Um... Okay, so, yes, uh, very briefly, mm-hmm. what happens is you, you do with all these machinations to get up the tower. You steal a uniform, you go outside, you come back in, you go hit the servers, you go up the elevator. Um, uh, when you're up the elevator, it's finally where a lot of the choices in Marcus's story are, are pivotal, right? Yeah. So you, you get that whole Mass Effect thing of, well, sir, you must say a message. Would you like to speak to the troops? And you're like, well, certainly. Uh, and you can send a message of hope. You can send a, a message of defiance. You can change how you do things. Uh, what did you guys do? Out of curiosity. I, I think I was quite stern with mine. Mine was a bit of a, we're, we're coming to get you, sort of war cry. <laughs> <laughs> I think it went a bit oh, further okay. than I expected because the, the choices sort of didn't line up exactly with what I had planned, but... Yeah, it works. It works. I I was just like generic, you know. We want equal rights. Give us equal rights. Blob de bloop. Uh, yeah. I I very much went the. Hey guys, you know, uh, we're kind of alive. Uh, mm-hmm. if we could have rights, that'd be cool. Kind of thing. Uh, we'll be on Jericho. So if you could send over a messenger, we would appreciate mm-hmm. it. Uh, very timid about the whole thing. Uh, so you're trying to hold off the security forces while you're making this broadcast. The security forces make their way in. Uh, they never played Rainbow Six Siege, or they would have done it differently. Uh, so oh you're God, on your was, way. What? Those guys were so so like there was an entire SWAT team, and they didn't look like a coordinated unit at all. Like they should have slaughtered everyone. Seriously, some, they, they really somehow you can almost walk out of the place. <laughs> Just <laughs> like oh, right, I'm asking. Uh so you, you can't go back down. So thank God you brought your parachutes. So you try to make your way up, and Simon gets it. Hmm. It is Simon, right? Or yep. or does he? Fucking Simon. Or does he? Uh, no, you're he then, actually does. You're left with the choice of either shooting just him in shooting him in the head. Or giving him a gun and saying, go get him, brother. Um, Hulk Hogan then walks off the scene and uh-huh. you parachute off the building, yeah. not knowing the fate of Simon. Yes. Now, Which um, will this, come into this, play later. Yeah, this is what I was saying. So Simon is a main character. You don't get the trophy if you shoot him in the head. Um, the biggest annoyance of the whole game, like, as you know, I've played it many times now to get the bloody trophies. The the biggest failing on the controls is it says run towards the side of the building and jump and it starts running for you. So I let go of the controller thinking, oh, this is a cutscene. But then you stop running because it's expecting you to have been <laughs> holding up when it's running automatically. It 
does my head in. And then it doesn't give you an X to jump off the building. It's so... It's a tiny thing, but it really fucking annoyed me. I'm sorry. Um, Would you like to yell at David Cage about it? Uh, well, he'll be listening to this anyway, so it's fine. Absolutely! Yeah. Uh, so, yes, well, we've jumped off the building. We've base jumped off. We're mm-hmm. parachuting away. Thank God bullets can't penetrate parachutes. Uh, so it's, they let us go. The reason uh, they don't shoot is because you don't shoot downwards into a populated area. It's not anything to do with, like... Look. Look. It's a video game with androids. They can shoot down into a populated area if they want. People don't render that far in the distance. Yeah, that's a good Uh, point. Okay. So, um, after they jump off the building, we're on to public enemy. So, from Connor's point of view, these androids are public enemy number one. You're at Stanford Tower. You... Stratford Tower? Stanford Tower? Jesus. You're at Stratford Tower. You are investigating the aftermath of what happened. Um, and yeah, yeah, as Connor, you go through, you look at the CCTV, you can see that you can see them with guns. So you find out that one of the androids that was an operator of the CCTV must be a deviant. You shout at them, kind of like military lineup style. You're like, yeah. You should be lying. Blah, blah, blah. I, I found this whole bit really awkward, to be perfectly honest. No matter what way you play it, it felt awkward. This felt more like a Zelda um, mini game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the androids attacks you. That's unavoidable. He rips out your, your regulator for your blue bud. And you've your got thorium two pump, sir. Your thorium pump. You've got two minutes to pick it up, jam it in, and job done. I. Uh, yeah. You can you, you just figure out what happened. Should Simon have survived, uh, you can also go up onto the roof. But but you miss that if you go to the room below first, don't you? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you miss that. out. So there's there's a wee branch, but um, I just went straight into the. Room. I imagine most people went straight into the room to be perfectly honest. Mm. Yeah, uh, I have a, I have a, a a quick story question. So, if Connor dies, is there a new Connor? Yeah. yeah, every time Connor dies, there's a new it's Connor. Every time, every single time. There's a trophy okay, so for going Connor through the game, a... getting him killed at every single opportunity possible. I think. It's okay, hor- so I've got. It's horrible because it's like Hank for a start. Hank starts hating you because you keep coming back, and he says towards the end, and we'll get to it. He's like, every single time you came back, I've I felt. I relived the moment my son died and wished he could have came back and stuff like it's it's really devastating for Hank because he watches you die in a horrible way every single time when you're chasing Kara and she's running over the highway you wouldn't have seen this um but earlier on if you chase him as Connor and you fuck up the QTE you get smacked straight in the face by a huge truck it's oh you get dreamcatchered <laughs> yep absolutely like binned by a truck and it's every single point and so by the time you get to the bridge Hank knows you're coming back and that's why he just pulls out his gun and shoots you in the head he's like you're coming back anyway bang so from a logistical standpoint Connor will make it to the end no matter what yes okay alright alright I I didn't know a very nice touch and something that I did check is Connor has his serial number on his right hand lapel of his jacket Hmm. And every time you die, the serial number increases by one. Hmm. Oh, 
that's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, here's yeah. a dumb. Why didn't Hank just get an android that looks like his son? God. I think we've been there before with another part of the story, and it, it didn't work out that well. Well, I don't know. I mean, if, if you weren't a dickhead, it seems like it might work out okay. Hmm. Well, it's not going to be the same, is it? But yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I, I, anyway. I personally thought that chapter just felt like a, a second side to, you know, um, the chapter before. So was, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it, it did feel very police procedural, which is what I mm-hmm. liked about this. Yeah. Connor's chapters. Mm. So for me, this was a pretty cool chapter. I'm like, oh, okay, let me see the aftermath of what I did. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I think this worked so, out okay. But um, After this, Kara yeah. took the midnight train <laughs> to going anywhere. Going anywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this is this is actually uh, a good a good chapter for Kara, finally. After, after quite a few sort of crap-ons. She finally gets her act together and gets into a. Um, so this is this is heading towards to to meet Rose, who's keeping androids smuggling across the border, and she approaches the house. It's it's got a very sort of Last of Us Part Two vibes here in in a weird way. Um, you'll get that if you get to the the end stages of that game. But um, yeah, you you basically get to the house. You meet Rose and. It's all a bit funny. You're thinking, "Am I going to be screwed over again?" Um, you meet the son's son. a little waffly, yeah. and you're like, he's, not, yeah. he, mm. "He's definitely a point bone of contention there." Uh, you do get Luther and Alice. I got them to stay upstairs in the house where they got to settle down for a little while. Things started to look a bit homey. Everything about the house makes it seem like it's genuinely quite nice, really. Um, but then, yeah, you get a knock at the door out of nowhere before you've even had too much time to familiarise yourself with the place. Rose has disappeared for a short while. She's she's looking into getting new ways of getting across the border pretty much as soon as possible. Um, and across the border into Canada, we should into say. Can- yeah. Into Canada. Into Canada. And, uh-huh. and yet yeah, a cop knocks at the door, at which point everyone suddenly goes, oh, sh- oh sugar. <laughs> sugar <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do from here so so as soon as that door knocks the first thing I did was sort of like think oh well what sort of evidence have we got around the house I don't even remember if a dialogue pops up telling me to do it but I did suddenly go oh let's hide a few things and in fact no 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 the, yeah, the cop answers the door um, and you, because I went to answer the door and he sort of says starts asking questions and while he's walking around you get the opportunity to sort of mess about a bit, close a few doors, try and hide any presence of androids, tell him a lie that there's nobody upstairs in the house when there is. Mm-hmm. And uh <laughs> somebody coughs just like in every movie. He's, of course. He's of the course. worst but cop. Eventually yeah, but he's, the worst. he's breaking the law. Is he? You can't just enter somebody's home without permission, without a warrant or Is it not like vampires where if they're you're invited in? No, cops aren't like vampires. Uh, they okay. don't sleep in coffins. They sleep in donuts. Big, oh. giant, inflatable donuts. No, but like like she could have... Uh, okay, in, in a normal world, she could have just said, no, you can't come in. And he would have had to go get a warrant or whatever. So, okay. But none of that mattered for me anyway, because it all went quite smoothly. Uh, oh, yeah, same here. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he left. He left without a problem. And I was ready to move, move on to try to head to that border. 
the only the only thing that I thought that was done really well here, well, not the only thing, I'm sorry, one thing that I thought was done really well here was how you were constantly looking at the sun going, are you, are you, are you going to? Uh-huh. Are you yeah, going to? Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that that tension was played pretty well. I thought the whole... Oh, that was a noise from the back room. What is that? that was a little cliched. Yeah. But other yeah. than that, I, I think that it was done pretty well. With this, attention. this was a hell of a lot better from Kara's campaign than than what we'd had before, to be honest. So it was a. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. But but this might be the high point for her. Actually, you might be possibly, right. Possibly, possibly, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I guess next next of all was a huge, a huge change. To the Capitol Park mission. With yeah. I'm sorry. Say that with a little more English Cap- on it. Cap- Capital Capital Park. Park. Capital Park. Hip hip. My grandpa. Right. Or pip pip. So, Is it hip hip or pip pip? It's pip pip. Pip pip. pip. Okay. You should know this, not us. I don't know this. This is some sort of thing you fabricated from your... I don't know. No. I, it was news to me when you first said it to me. Uh, okay, so, so Capital Park is... I, I'm guessing this is the either the this is the are you sure you want to go this way chapter yeah. for Marcus because maybe yeah. you you didn't like the way your message came out at the tower so this is your chance to go super peaceful or super resistive I don't want to say violent because there's no violence really this is the mega un, until the, the like semi open world stealth oddball semi open block yeah it is mm-hmm. not very big hmm. um. Yeah, this is you trying to make a statement, and you can either make a peaceful statement by, you know, knocking over some statues, doing some graffiti, letting out some androids, things like that. Or you can go the super violent route by, like, flipping cars, and you're angry because the Philadelphia Eagles didn't win the Super Bowl, so you're throwing batteries at people. Um, uh, The big choice that comes out of this is there are two beat cops who walk up, and you have to decide whether you... Um, smash their brains in like a overripe melon, or mm-hmm. you let them go. I, of course, let them go because you don't need any more bad press. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys do? Um, obviously, let them go in the peaceful side and the prote- protesting side. I did shoot them both in the head. Ah, very nice. Was it like an overripe melon? Um, it was. I, I really felt terrible. Like, uh, with most bad decisions in this, I felt sick to the bone making them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good sign, I guess. It's, it's a pretty yeah. good sign. I think I'm getting a bit mixed up here. I, I thought this was the one where you smash into the stores. And... It, is, it is. So you smash into the store, you free the androids, you have your either peaceful or not peaceful protest, and at the very end, those two cops had yeah. tried to, they'd shot a couple of androids so that the androids that you freed ganged up on them. Um, yeah, and so, like, every little, there's little set pieces, like, here's a statue. Should you, mm-hmm. peaceful or, resi- I forget the other yeah. word. It's not resistive, but no, it, defiant? It's context, it's context aware, because it says for the statue, break, and it says okay. for the TV right. screen, you know, like, in fact, the TV screen is turned off, is the violent one, is turned off the TV. Um, for wow. the car, it's um, tag or flip. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the building where you can put the uh, the banner things mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is very much a make sure this is the path you want for Marcus. I don't know. If you go very defiant in the tower and then peaceful here, I don't know how that equals out. 
I mean, I, I guess know. it all culminates in the next Marcus it, chapter, but... It equals out the, the whole public opinion thing as a meter for the president's decision at the very end. Yeah. That's that's all it is. So she that's can either all it yeah, it, the, she can okay. either call off the troops, or she'll just be like, "Fuck them, shoot them in the face." Uh, I have a feeling I might have cut short on this because I, I didn't do one of the prerequisites before getting into the store, and we basically hauled out of there, and it said four out of five okay. attempts were successful. Uh, we weren't, but we we just continued on from there. Ah, uh, so afterwards we get to meet Kaminsky. Yeah, or Kamsky, um, not Kaminsky. Kam- is it Kam? Yeah, Kamsky. It's, so yeah. Kamsky is your tech guru, um, hipster originator of the the software that makes Androids think smart. There we go. I'll go with that. Um, and you, as Connor and Hank, have to go and meet him to see if he has any information about why Androids are turning deviant. And Kamsky has many things to say, but he doesn't give you any actual information apart from the fact that he gives you the opportunity to ask one question, but you must shoot an android in the head. Again, another defining point of Connor. I'm a deviant, I'm an art deviant. For Hank, it's, are you going to shoot her in the head? I'll walk out here, or are you not going to shoot her in the head? Yep, let's do this. Um... Yeah, it's it's another wee storytelling bit. And basically, at the end of it, either walk out with no info, it doesn't progress anything, or you shoot an android in the head and you still don't get anywhere. It's it's ridiculous. But I would have preferred a less super villainy Lex Luthor yeah, type. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really... It, so the, he was talking about the Turing test. So the Turing test is obviously like if an AI can solve a puzzle that only a human could solve... So it's always very logical or time spatially puzzle. And his test is the Kamsky test. Can you shoot an android in the head? And as as my Connor, 99 times out of 100 could not shoot that android because he, he places an android on her knees in front of you and you're told to shoot her in the face. Uh, you Sexy guys bikini androids, we should say. Did you? Did you shoot her? No, uh, we should also state this is also the exact model of the one that's on your main menu, oh, yeah. correct? Yeah, it's Chloe. Is it Chloe? Uh, oh, is it Chloe? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, no, this is obviously stupid, stupidity at its height when it comes mm-hmm. to the shoot the person in the head to get what you want. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty dumb. So, no, we just walked out. Yeah. And I don't think anybody would, but when you may takes all types, no. I guess. And to be perfect, I I did do the the shooting her in the head thing because I was trying to get Hank to really hate me. Um, and yeah, you don't get anything out of it. You get the chance to ask one question, and it's the questions you get the option of is, "What is RA nine? And you get a waffly answer. You get, um, "Why are um, why are androids becoming deviant or something like that?" And the only thing he says is, his part and comment, no matter what, is I always leave a back door in my programs. And that becomes important later. Yes. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, important and it's referenced later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, 
Marcus is getting a little tired of all the work. He's got to go out. He's got to tag stuff. You got to pull down statues. He's like, all right, it's time to be a full-on terrible analogy. So they're walking through a mall, him and his lieutenants, let's call them. Mm -hmm. um, and he suddenly gets the urge to start just turning people as in. He just kind of points at them. And yes, mm -hmm. you can you can uh, explain it away. Like, oh, maybe it's a Wi-Fi trigger. Maybe, it, you know, there's a bunch of... It looks incredibly stupid. This is it definitely does. the Jesus moment, isn't it? Uh-huh. It definitely is. <laughs> um, it It's it's kind of awful. Yeah. Um, what it leads to is sort of interesting, but boy, this lead up was is is kind of dumb. So yes, you're walking down the street and you're like, you will turn and you will turn and you will turn uh, until you start to meet some resistance. Like you run into a cop and the cop freaks out because you know you said no, and mm. his mother and father never told him no. He always got what he wanted, so he didn't quite know how to handle it. So he ran to go get backup because he's like somebody said no. Um, what this leads to is the giant standoff of Marcus's chapter, hmm. yeah. uh, or story, I should say. And I'm just, should I just go right into yeah. it for Marcus? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, this turns into an almost militaristic standoff here. Uh, you, like Craig said before, you can make decisions that get you shot. Um, you can make decisions that uh, make you run away. Mm -hmm. Or you can have somebody take a bullet for you. But either way, uh, you've pushed up against the envelope of what they're willing to put up with in terms of civil disobedience. And so you have that really strong choice of, all right, is this the moment we go violent? Or do we run away and come back another day? And maybe yeah. then we'll do it. So uh, you regroup at a church where – and I'll just keep going. All right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you meet, regroup at a church where you run into the other characters and they can either encourage you, discourage you, not whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, well, let's, uh, let's what's pop best back way to a second. So, so at the point, what did we do? Did we, did we stand our ground or did we attack? Because for, for uh, me, I, I, I did the worst possible thing. I said, stand my ground, stand my ground. And then on the third, where I should have just said stand my ground for the third time, and it probably would have ended at that point, because that's what happens in video games, I decided to say attack. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd lost loads of people before I decided to attack, which is never a good choice, yeah. but I did that. No, that's, that uh, is I the was... actual worst case. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was concerned about the public opinion, so I stood uh -huh. my ground, stood my ground, stood my ground. Okay. Greg? And, and again, that's all it is. So the church is a couple of chapters ahead, but yeah, it's it's all about regrouping and deciding your final approach to the whole thing. Uh, yeah. Um, so next we have the last chance for Connor. Yes. So last chance Connor. Last chance Connor is an interesting one because again, you meet Amanda. Amanda. Amanda, and she's like, Connor, you have exactly one more chance to actually crack this case. Um, she tells you you've got one chance, which is which is great because you know why not? And you have to infiltrate the um, what do you call it, Jericho? 
resistance. So the resistance, yeah. So you gain um, the the hint to get to Jericho. You know the square, the QR, the fake QR code that nobody ever that, noticed before. Yes, that no no one ever noticed before. And you, before this, there's a wee bit of turn and thrown because there's FBI involved in the police office and stuff. But essentially, you get the hint to Jericho. You go to Jericho and you have to shoot Marcus in the head. Or, if Marcus is already dead, as he was in my last case, it's North. North just carries on in Marcus's role. Oh, okay. So, I was curious yeah. about that. Uh, yeah, she does, she does word for word what Marcus does, which oh, wow. is really, it's really naff. Well, I, this... yeah, like, like I could see, like, maybe have her be more militant, because she's mm-hmm. more militant generally. Having yeah, her just, be the same, um, it's just word. Jesus Absolute figure is weird. Word for word. Um, so you, basically, at the end, you have to either decide to take Marcus in, I'm going to take you in with your gun. Or you're going to go deviant, and this is Connor's final. I'm smashing out of this um, programming, and I'm going to go deviant. And I, ninety nine times out of a hundred, went deviant. Um, it seems like it makes the most narrative sense. That's for sure. Oh yeah, if you play it like, I'll tell you what happens in the next Connor chapter, the second last chapter. If you go a hundred percent robot, and it's not pretty. Um, but yeah, that's that's the whole chapter. You end up getting attacked, and before you know it, it's like a film. So not only is this a chapter for Connor, it's a chapter for Kara, because she's on Jericho and she's escaping while the army attack. Um, yeah. And Same Connor, with, with Marcus. Yeah, and Marcus is escaping, and Marcus has to go and blow up Jericho. So I'm covering everyone's kind of basic stories here, but Marcus has to go and blow up Jericho. Kind of for the next... Yeah, yeah. It's just a. Kara's yeah, escaping with Luther and Alice, so she needs to do a wee bit of stealth hiding. Mm. Marcus is ninja in his way through the place, and Connor. He suddenly turns just, into just Robocop. He's an absolute badass, isn't he? He's just like. Yeah, like, like where the, the, the part where you're defending North, it's like, well, where did this come from, sir? Yeah. I thought it, you were a fuckboy. <laughs> I know, I know. I don't know where he got. He must have matrixed it into his brain. Like, <laughs> I know kung fu. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's the whole chapter. It's an assault on Jericho and all three of the main characters escaping in some form or another. Hmm. So yeah. Um, oh god. No, I was going to say that. That's pretty much Crossroads, isn't it? Um, Crossroads is um, Marcus's. So Crossroads, you either decide to attack the camp, or you make a peaceful protest outside the camp, and that's where you get boxed in. You know, you get that kind of you're you're sitting in the crossroads, and there's you've got cars around you, and they're all looking in on you trying to attack. Oh man, I'm getting confused now. This <laughs> probably the where we branched off into all all sorts. I don't know. Mm. Um. Yeah, this is where there's a lot of deviation, no pun intended. Oh. I said no pun intended. Uh, So next we have Night of the Soul. And uh, this is where Marcus is, of course, going through his but am I truly Jesus moment. Uh, You go back and you see Carl, if he didn't die. 
Um, for some reason, he's now the sickest man in the world. And mm-hmm. you got here right on his deathbed. Thank God. So you get in a couple of quick smooches. Um, you, you rub his cheek in a gentle way. <laughs> and he says, I've always loved you. And then he dies. Sadly. Uh, Marcus is then very upset by this whole thing. And he does the whole data. What is grief? Uh, which makes him very angry. So they decide now's a great time to protest again. So um, this is kind of version 2.0 of the last one. And this is where, well, okay. So cutting it briefly, uh, it, it's a much bigger standoff than last time. The military mm-hmm. is now involved. Uh, they're telling you to stand down. The military is trying to make deals of like, look, if you give yourself up, we won't hurt anybody. But that's just a lie because we'll shoot everybody. Um you get a lot of choices that don't add up to what you think they add up to. And sometimes you can pick a choice that ends with everybody dying for no apparent reason. You're like <laughs> sitting there and you're like, pick that donut up at, out of the trash. And then suddenly everybody gets shot. It's very strange. Um, what it boils down to is this. You can decide how to end Marcus. Yeah. Um, this is – sorry, Mike. Before Crossroads, you're right, it was – the escaping the Jericho side of things. This is the bit I was talking about. Um. So, well, let's get to it, guys, because we're running out of time. When did you, or how did you, kill Marcus? Um, I did. I didn't. Everyone survived. No, Everybody Marcus survived. always dies. No, he doesn't. Yes, yes. I played on Marcus Must Die mode. So. Um, um, depending on your your decisions up until this point, there there are ways to get everybody out alive, but that's for mm-hmm. the weenies. Um, I kind of had the choice of, well, they're going to storm us, so what are we going to do? Uh, you can sing a song like a bunch of ninnies. Yep. Uh, you can kiss North, that woman you suddenly love with all of your android heart. Uh-huh. Or you can have Marcus overheat himself. And that's what I did because all the cameras were on me. I figured this is great. It's kind of a peaceful protest. And Marcus dies. So, yes, that's the choice I went. He overheated himself in front of a whole crowd. Oh, geez. So this is where the public opinion plays in for Marcus. It's if you kiss North and public opinion is high, the president sees you kissing North and he's like, oh, my God, they have uh, she sort of she's like, oh, my God, they have feelings. And she's straight on the phone like, oh, gonna no shoot them. And, that, um, and that's the end. Um, that's it, huh? Yeah, just yeah. just a kiss. Just a kiss. The thing they could be programmed to do. Yep, the thing they could huh. be programmed to do. Okay. Uh, so night night in the soul for me, uh, for my Connor. Is oh, wait, the, hold on, the, hold on. Oh, we should switch to Mike first because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, Sorry. there's the big reveal. Yeah. Mm. So Mike, the big reveal. Yeah, yeah. So this is where. Kara finally takes heed of all of the things that Luther's been saying and does finally reveal that Alice is an android. <gasps> Ooh, to the shock of not many people. But uh, <laughs> regardless of that, they they push on. But she does... Uh, can we... Oh, no? Can we talk for a brief second about that reveal? I mean, not the reveal itself, but now that the, the fact is out in the open, because I was shocked 100%. Um, 
Well, yeah, she's so Does she's, it... she's been resist. I'm not 100 percent sure why she's been resisting resisting the question. Uh, I mean, so she must have known for the majority of the game already, anyway. Yes, had to. But she knew deep down. Here's my problem with this as a narrative thing: is if Alice was a human, then that's nothing special. It's just an android doing what she was programmed to do. Like she was specifically bought to take care of the kid. Of course, she's going to take care of the kid. If Alice is an android, that makes way more sense because that's exactly what just happened with North and Marcus. So why they chose her to have a human and to make it a big deal of like, an android cares for a human. Well, Marcus cared for Carl. That's... Coddle, sorry. That's what you're programmed to do. I don't understand why it's treated as a, this is remarkable. It's like, no, there's been yeah. androids caring for humans the whole game. I get, I get it. I get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. No, Just I mean, I get, me. I get what you're saying. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Okay. All right, so it, it's not just me picking holes in it. This is a giant, oh, okay, moment. Don't all agree at once now. No, (laughs) but it's like one of those things where even if you pick a hole and a nice woolly jumper, it's still going to keep you warm. This is, this is, I pulled a string and now there's only a neckline left. No, it's not that. No, 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 no. Really? Like, yeah, I'm just like, there there is a subtle difference between a care worker android programmed because he wasn't in a relationship with Carol, he was just giving uh-huh. him drugs. It, there's a, diff- a difference between that and the two, like Kara and Alice, literally depending on each other to survive. There's 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 a, well, a difference there. Let's be fair. Kara never depends on Alice to survive ever. She's nothing but a liability. I think she keeps it. I think she keeps Kara going. Like. Kara wouldn't be as driven to do all the things she did if Alice was dead. Well, yes, she would, because it's her job to protect her. And you'll follow your programming no matter what. Uh, no, because they become... No, Dave. They become human. Let's... Oh, oh, they beca- become human. Uh-huh. Oh. Let's face it. At this point n- in the story... You will never guess where. We, we have been playing a game which I didn't think I'd even like, never mind persist through this far. Um, But this is the point where the wheels fall off, and even if you thought, hang on, this is actually quite a good game, you're probably going to go, well, the ending's not going to work right. So, uh, Mm. yeah, bits bits will start falling off, but it does make it to the finish line from there, doesn't it? Yeah, it slides uh, down the hill on its base. It cool runnings is it? Uh-huh. Um, now, like, like I mean, I guess this was the point for me where I went, okay, no, this is stupid. That was the, this was like Marcus's ending was was pretty close to the all right, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. Now it's officially gone. Yep, this is stupid. So yeah, it, it's just for me. This was the breaking point. That's all. Yeah. Car has been in in limbo for a good while. She's not had much going on. 
anywhere. <laughs> no, but like 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 the last chapter with her, it was like, oh, maybe this is going to pick yeah. up because I didn't know how close to the end I was. Yeah, it, sh- it does show that that was a bit of a blip on the radar. So, mm. yeah. Mm. So anyway, oh. sorry. Moving on. Anyway, uh, Connor, just to just to clear up, um, Night of the Soul for Connor, for Connor, Night of this, my last Night of the Soul was arriving at Hank's house because Hank. Um, if you remember right in the police office, the captain was like, just hand in your badge and your gun and blah. If you've got a bad relationship with Hank, he literally just does hand in his badge and his gun. Have you seen this? No, no. Okay, so he chucks his badge and his gun down and he walks out. And as Connor, you find Hank at his house, at the dining table. You go in and he's staring at a photo of his son with his revolver and a bottle of whiskey, as he would have been in the earlier episode. Um, and you're like, and you, you've got a bad relationship with him, but you can try. You're like, Hank, I'm just checking in. I'm making sure you're okay. Fuck off, Connor. You don't care. You're just an android. You killed those two Tracys. He brings up everything that you've done wrong. You know, like he's, he's proper tearing into you. You androids are all the same style. Mm-hmm. And he tells you to get out. You walk out the house, and as you clo- as you close the door, Hank um, shoots himself in the head. At scene end. You killed Mister Krabs. Yeah, it's it's dark and horrific and really well done. But I was like, I I immediately felt terrible for purposefully <laughs> playing it like Connor being a dick. It's it's horrible. It's actually horrible. All for the pursuit of trophies, you yep. sick man. <laughs> uh, since my Marcus is dead, uh, Mike, you could talk about Kara's last chapter. You yeah, yeah. So, so so the crazy thing about Kara from here is that she does actually go through a few different routes. I mean, we've had the. I'm not even sure if this this might be part of this chapter, but. She does actually try and find a way to get to the um the bus station first of all, which involves going yeah. going through a few streets. Um, Luther's passing a few security checkpoints too. Yeah, yeah and Luther's disappeared at this point, so you do actually stumble upon him and get the opportunity to brick the guard and bring him back into the fold for a while. Um, but then from there. I, I noticed some sort of time limit and that didn't really mean anything to me but I decided to take the risky option of just showing our passes to try and get past the uh, the guards at which point we get oh same here and and this is this is probably my favorite uh, fake out fake out sort of um, conversational options bit where you do show the passes and Luther's the telepathic you know so they're talking to each other in yeah, heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, evidently they are. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's saying that they're going to figure us out. They're going to figure us out. And uh, you know, you walk through. You think it's all, it's all. You think it's all terrible. You just look forward, don't look back. That's the thing. Until the guard says stop, and you get the option then to turn around. You know, try and take them down. Any sort of thing. And being me, I don't know whether it was a miss button press, but I decided not to do anything. And, uh, yep, same here. I, I was yep. very, very lucky because, of course, he says you drop this, gives Alice something back, and you get moving on. But you, you're sweating bullets at this point. It was quite effective. So, yeah, you'd like that scene too, I'm guessing. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it reminded me of a lot of like World War Two movies, mm. where the you know they come in the house and they inspect things. And you're like, uh oh, are they gonna find the thing? Kind of, kind of thing. So yeah, uh, th- this was pretty good. Yeah, I, I like this quite a bit. Yeah, it was, it was um, pretty cool. Out of curiosity, did you take the ticket or did you give the ticket back? So yeah, this is this is the next scene that you do get. And yeah, you arrive because it's quite disjointed. To be honest, I could talk about all of Kara's end of story without any hiccups, despite them not being in that order in the game. But um, yeah, yeah. Next of all, the bus station. We we went in there. We we bump into Alice, Alice's, Alice's dad and Kara's ex ex owner sort of. Um, and yeah, he he has a little. He looks like he's about to alert people, but we managed to disarm him, and he was, you know, it's quite sympathetic. And I didn't really figure out the story was that, you know, he just wanted his daughter back, and that's, you know, but it all sort of unraveled at that point. And I thought he's still, he's still an idiot, but. Yeah, if if all you wanted was your daughter back, you wouldn't be that way either. Yeah, it all seemed like if anything, you'd be super doting. But it. At the same time, that also made me feel like this story is so inconsequential now. <laughs> you know, it's, it's going crazy. But yeah, of course, the next second, uh, this is where I made my big hiccup, which got Kara killed, which was that I didn't accept the ticket because I saw the, the mum and child and, and I got the option and I thought, I don't like her husband. He's a bit of a jerk. I'll, I'll take these tickets. And then, <laughs> and, then um, and then, no, I had a change of heart. I thought, what will Alice think? <laughs> passed them back and then subsequently accidentally bumped into some guards and got got shot in the head all three of us so I, this is the bit that I re- re- I replayed this straight after finishing the game but I came back uh, did take those tickets <laughs> and it, it was very the thing is I don't feel any remorse for that because I'm like thinking well what's their predicament they're not going to freeze in the cold despite what Alice is saying they've got enough money to find another route or why are they in such urgency to cross? I don't know their story, but I'm going to guess it was a lot, a lot easier than the story we were living at that point. So, uh, not to mention she's a dumb kid. Why are you listening to her? Yeah. You're an adult. I know. I know. Um, so I did, I did give the tickets back and I ended up taking the Rose path. Ooh. Oh, the boat. Mm. Yeah. Oh, the boat. Rough, rough, the boat. Well, rough. this is where we deviate because there are two paths here, and I'd love to hear about the boat thing. But I'll, you know, what? yeah, yeah, you go with the boat thing. I want to hear. All right, so you show you you walk away, going, I I don't know what we're gonna do. I don't know how we're gonna fix this. And you run into Rose, and she's like, "Dude, I know this guy's gonna smuggle us across. Let's book it." And so you're like, "Right on!" And you hop in the van. And then you go to uh, what I'm guessing is the the border between Canada and New York. Because it seems like once you get across, everybody's like, well, can't do anything. Uh, so you uh, everybody's going on boats. And you have to make a couple decisions of like, you know, do you talk to Luther? Do you talk to Alice? Then you push the boat in. Uh, you get a bunch of decisions on the boat that are actual decisions, not necessarily quick time events. So it's not like you failed because your fingers were slow. It's... Mm-hmm. Uh, you've pressed the wrong thing, and that led to Luther being shot, and he went bleh into the yeah. water and then floated away. Um, both Alice and Kara made it across for me, but poor Luther didn't. And to be fair, I was hoping the option for Luther to pick up Alice and use her as a shield 
<laughs> uh, would have been one of the options. But yeah, you, your boat gets shot up and you start sinking and yeah, it's stuff like that. Is it pretty cool looking? Uh, I'll never see this. Uh, it, it was a pretty pretty good cinematic mm-hmm. moment. I'll give it that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Craig, how did your my, Cara unfold? Yeah, so my the, the original, my OG Cara, exact same as yours, Luther died. I replayed it many times because I was trying to get that survivor's trophy. Um, and Luther kept dying. I obviously wasn't picking the right choices, and I'll be damned if I'm using a guide for this because that would ruin any sort of enjoyment whatsoever. It's just following up. Press X now. Um, so I went back and I took the tickets, and I felt terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it it does lead to another good ten scene in the bus stop when you're at the border control bit. I mean, it's and you've got options to um. There's Jerry there, and you can use Jerry as he'll sacrifice himself and let you sneak through. That's exactly what Rose I did. Rose is there, yeah. and uh, well, Rose is there, and she gives you a pep talk. I didn't. I stayed calm right to the end. And again, public opinion: the guy that's doing the temperature tech shoots the gun at you, the temperature gun, and she, Kara, uh, says, "We just, we just want to be free, or we just want to, we just want to escape, or something." The guard look glances up at the TV and he sees, you know, like peaceful androids peacefully peacefuling. And he's like, <laughs> Welcome to Canada. And they just walk through. Because Canadians are awesome. Uh-huh. Exactly. Um I imagine if you've got not good public opinion and you get the temperature check, you get shot in the yeah. head. Because Canadians are terrible. <laughs> this brings us to replay number Depends three, on... where I did finally do it, and Jerry was my lifesaver. Oh, what? What? How did he? How he, did he sacrifice so himself? Because I never actually did he that. He jumps up. He runs across. He uh, he gets shot by all the guards, and then basically the mm-hmm. the person who's checking on you, once he's checked your ID, he doesn't bother doing the um the scan okay. because he's too preoccupied with what else is going on. So he just says, "Go through." Yeah, oh, and that enough. pretty much Jerry, concludes Cara's story. Yeah. Um, so moving on to Connor, I suppose. So Connor's battle for Detroit. Um, he says to Marcus in the church in the previous chapter, "Look, I can get into Cyberdyne, I, Cyberlife. I can totally, <laughs> I can get into the warehouse, and I will get us an android army because I can convert them all." Uh, great. So. It opens, you're going to Cyberlife, uh, you walk in, you have to do some kick-ass stuff in a lift to some armed guards, and you go into the basement. There, there are Which, uh, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Mike, did you see this part, by the yeah, way? Yeah, yeah. Uh, getting the lift down. Okay. Did you, did you get some massive Vanquish vibes off of this place? Yeah. Yeah, but the the thing that also kicks in with what happens when those doors open on the left. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, like like I was reminded of the Vanquish and uh, Binary Domain. Like you remember the part where you're fighting that big chandelier thing? Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like, oh, it looks like that place. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, go ahead. Um, no, no, it's fine. So you you end up you go down the left and you're in one of many warehouses and there's like thousands of androids in here. And each warehouse has a different type of android. So the one you're in, you're in generic man android warehouse. And you go to try and convert them. And then out of nowhere, 
another corner appears. Dun, 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 dun. dun. <laughs> um, if Hank committed suicide, poor Hank, which he did, Connor is by himself. If Hank did not commit suicide, which I imagine you saw, um, yeah. he comes out and he's got Hank as a hostage. And again, you can stop what you're doing and save Hank, which every decent person does, obviously. Uh, at which point some QTEs and some decisions later and Hank has a gun pointed at two corners and he's like... Because of course we needed to do this. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, the other way it plays out is actually much better um, but he's like, ask us a question that only the real Connor would know and he's like, <laughs> what's my dog's name? Sumo. And you're like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And then the real Connor says some namby-pamby stuff about coal and... Um, Obviously. And Sorry. C- what? Can I just ask Hollywood and video games to stop doing this? Oh, yeah, come on. There are, I, I thought it was fun. No, there's like 901 million questions that can easily solve who's who. Like, yeah. seriously. It, it just didn't, the, it didn't do it for me. The fact that he said, you, you mutter, oh, they transferred my memory. You're like, fucking hell. So what happens if Hank isn't alive because he's shot himself in the face is that Connor comes out, bad Connor comes out, and straight up shoots good Connor. Just like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, boom. And he walks up and he goes to give you that final bullet in the head. And what you do as real Connor is you connect. You know that way androids connect? They hold each other's forearms. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. You grab his forearm and transfer your consciousness into him. Of course, of course. It's guff. <laughs> um, and then you free all the... And- no matter what happens, you're freeing all of those androids unless you do really bad. Uh, I felt like this was... Like if if Kara's dud moment was finding out Alice was a robot and everything else after that, this was Connor's dud moment because I would have liked it if Connor got himself in a position where he just died and failed. You know, but it... Oh it, yeah, it, it, it gave you no matter what happened, you ended up you were freeing the robots, the androids. Well, do we know the whole thing about Connors? Like they did it on purpose thing. Oh yeah, by now? yeah. Like the whole thing yeah. was they did. This was this was um, at the start of this chapter. You meet Amanda. No, no, that's a lie. At the end yeah. of this chapter. Um, when Marcus has won the war, I'll just keep going with this because it's Connor. Um, you're you're sucked. You're at the rally and you're watching Marcus speak, but you're immediately sucked back into that Zen garden. And Amanda is like, "You've done exactly what we wanted you to do. You've infiltrated resistance. You've become a deviant, and we are now going to use your body because they're controlling him while he's stuck stuck in his own mind, and he's going to shoot Amanda." And this is where Kamsky's advice comes back in. I always leave a back door in my programs. Um, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's, thank you. And what it is, is you end up, you just have to crawl through and find a blue glowing thing and hit it. And before you know it, you're back at the rally and you've got a gun in your hand. You're like, oh, I was about to shoot him. Put the gun in my pocket. End of discussion. It seems too convenient. That. It's, it's right in the open. It's not a secret back door, yeah. is it? Also, just the last, because this is the last thing I'll say about Connor now, because that was it. Um, in the Amanda thing, so 
Hank really doesn't like it when you die. And you can die nine times as Connor, right? So the first time he's like, I watched you get shot. The second time he's like, oh, fucking hell. The third time he's like, would you stop fucking doing this? Amanda is like, please stop dying. Please stop getting killed. Why are you so useless? But in the Zen garden, there's a wee cemetery. And every single time you die, you get another (laughs) gravestone. Oh, so the, there's a wee there's a wee patch of gravestones in the Zen Garden of all the previous Connors. That's pretty it's good. A, yeah, it's pretty good. Anyway, so that's that's Connor Finn. That's all of them, Finn. Mm-hmm. Um, because Marcus died, as we all know. Yep. Um, no point in going on with any of that nonsense. Ah, uh, so gentlemen, that <clears throat> is Detroit. Became human. Oh, see what you did there. Uh, I'm of the opinion that, like, like Mike, not the movie, uh, the the wheels fall off pretty hard. You know, Sank is in the back trying to pull the brakes, and then the guys all like trying to steer, and the nut falls off, and they take a header, and then they have to all carry the bobsled in. Except if this was Cool Runnings, one of them would have slipped and sliced his head off on the blade <laughs> of the bobsled. As opposed to valiantly walking it forward. Um, yeah, this really falls apart in the end. There's There was a lot of promise that just kind of got wasted in... I don't want to say lazy writing. Like, like I don't want to say it's lazy. Because I don't know if it was lazy or not. But it was very cliched mm-hmm. for most of it. You saw what was coming long before it hit there. Except with maybe Connor. And I think that's why everybody latches on to Connor. Is the, yeah. oh, this 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 was the good one. Um, In the end, like when Mike, when Mike first picked this game, I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, let's do Detroit. Become human. Because why not? That's going to be an interesting game to talk about. But as we got closer and closer to me having to actually shut up and play it, I started to dread it more and more and more and more. And, I mean, it's nothing against you, Mike. I mean, it's fine. It was just I realized how much I didn't ever want to play this game again. And I think that's kind of where I sit. If you want to experience it, knock yourself out. It's at least worth one playthrough. But I will never want to touch this game again. Well, I'm... Almost of the same thing, apart from the fact that I did do the whole trophy thing. Yeah, but, but that was the, an outside reason other than I want to experience this again. Yeah, but I, I'm i kind of half happy to hear you say that because I thought that was the case, but we, we never really overtly spoke about it. You just said, I fucking hate this game and Mike, I'm going to come to your house and murder you in your sleep. <laughs> that was pretty much the undertone of everything. But I do think it is worth that first playthrough. Like, just playing it blind, doing whatever. You're not going to be playing it blind roll if you're fucking listening. Roll with the punches, listening. for sure. Yeah, you, Don't. yeah, roll with the punches. Um, It is actually it's reasonably well done because your choices mean things at certain points, so whatever. But it has no replayability and it, it actually worsens the entire affair. So back at the start, I think we've been recording about this game for four and a half hours now. When I said you could have almost finished the game. Yeah, when I said like you have to disconnect or I have to disconnect that very first playthrough that I loved with everything else that came after it. You you just do that. You just play it once. So once, 
yeah, it has flaws. It's it's a bit like a, a long-winded, not great film, but I, I think it has something. And it definitely engages you at points. And it does make, like, that's, it makes you feel things. It makes you feel like you don't want to shoot Zoe or whatever, or Chloe in the head. Or Alice. You, or Alice. It, it makes you feel things. Or it make, it gives you an opinion. So I think in that respect, it's not bad. I'll stop. Yeah, it, it, it's like when you watch a decent action movie and then it, it doesn't stick the landing. You're like, well, the ending yeah. sucked, but yeah, it was all right. Yeah, it was worth, it was you know, right. the time. Yeah. And it, and just in terms of anything else to do with the game, it's fucking beautiful. It's oh, I'll give it that. It's beautiful. It's, uh, you show off the PS4 with this yeah. game. Yeah. Mike, what about you? This was your pick, after all. Yeah. yeah so I, don't, I don't think today, in 2020, there's enough Detroit and enough robots. Um, you know, that when, when I came into this, I was thinking, we've got Blade Runner, we've got Robocop, we've got all sorts of stuff all across the spectrum. And it's kind of like, I think this this has a niche. It's, it's definitely something that, you know, got got me thinking. It was, it's like I I did get to play this just the one time, and that's it. And I I've already deleted the game. I have no intentions of continuing, pursuing different endings or trying to get different changes. It seemed fruitless and a waste of waste of time, to be honest. But uh, for the single playthrough, I think as we discussed on some of the earlier podcasts, there is there is a good cast of characters. Well, a good set of actors and actresses in this game and um oh yeah yeah no, nothing disparaging to the actors pretty much yeah, yeah. Like they all they all nailed it i think like when i said before about the wheels falling off basically it's one of those things like you'll, you'll see it in a lot of movies there's a lot of movies where it'll end up going and this is this is another news report from thingy this has been a nice sunny day in los angeles or whatever and uh it's it's that sort of thing it feels like I'm going to guess every ending pretty much wraps up as a quick, almost too quick cut to a credit scene. An unskippable credit scene. Mad. <laughs> In case you're trying to do those endings again. But um, yeah, I think a tiny little bit more polish and care and it could have been a bit better. But really, you know, I did enjoy it. I can't say there's too much more could have been done. Um, Quantic Dream, of course, have now disappeared and They've now become a multi-platform, non-Sony-owned company. Uh, Insomniac, on the other hand, got the nod to join Sony. So, <laughs> so in other words, <laughs> Sony made out pretty good in that deal. Yeah. yeah. So this this is the end of the yeah. long partnership with Sony, as far as I'm aware. The next game could probably be on anything. Um, but yeah, quite quite a dream. They they had a fair run. I think they could have done a bit better, but. As, they had a unique run. They, I'll give them that. And the truth is, they got our attention. They got pretty much anybody that we know to Good to point. give them a go, and that's quite a, that's quite an ask. So, uh, yeah, I think they've, they've even got us talking for like three and a half hours or four hours about well, this game. We, we don't have a life, Craig, and that's plenty <laughs> of praise. I mean, we've only mentioned <laughs> once about their weird internal emails at the company as well. So. Uh, we, they they've no, got off quite time. quite scot free really. Hey, I like to think I've been making fun of David Cage mm. the entire time. Did anyone pick up on okay. that scot free then with Ridley Scott being the director of Blade Runner? Nope. Okay, that's fine. So 
Now, I I do want to say, hold on, hold on, on that comment, definitely. Free. So, this is something that if you don't know the material it's riffing on, will come across as a lot better. Like, mm. my daughter absolutely adores this game. Hmm. And she asked why I didn't like it, and I explained it. And some of it was, well, you know, it's sort of like, well, there's some Blade Runner in there. There's some Robocop in there. There's some, you know, the actual Blade Runner book is in there. You know, stuff like that. And she was like, oh, well, yeah, I don't know any of that. doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Hmm. I'm like, good point. I guess it would be like, you know, if you play Snatcher without knowing what Blade Runner is, you're going to go, this is amazing. This does bring me on a current current problem of mine, actually, funnily enough, which is that I have seen Midsummer and I have now seen Hereditary and these are both movies which probably cater towards a younger generation who haven't seen previous movies. <laughs> I feel that might be the uh, appeal. I'll stand by Hereditary no. and I will give a well to to Hereditary. It's no us or get mm. out, but you know, it's okay. Get out's rubbish, so. Um <laughs> get out. I, get out was f- <laughs> okay. This is not a movie podcast. <laughs> no. And uh, we're, 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 yeah, we're getting that's that's Oh my okay. gosh. So, Detroit, yeah, all right. become so, human. I have to edit this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, dude. Okay, so uh, next up we have Hitman 2016, mm. which Mike is playing for the first time. So, I'm excited to see what he thinks about mm. it. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, or if you have any, like, you think we're wrong about Detroit, uh, let us know. Uh, you can do it at thebiteffect.com. Uh, there's a little submission forms if you want a game. There's a little like, hi, just wanted to say hello forms kind of thing or to give us your comments. Uh, after that, we have Super Punch-Out and Punch-Out for the Wii. Mm. Um, there will be the Retro Rewind miniseries that we're doing in between. But since this is a three-parter, we kind of need to reshuffle everything. So we will let I've you know. I've done it all already. It's done. I was trying week. to be lazy. Oh, Sorry. Okay, right. Uh, yeah, I'll get on that straight away. Alright, thank you! So, when Craig finally gets his act in gear, we'll <laughs> let you know about what Retro Rewinds are coming. Uh, if you stayed with this all the way, thank you very much for listening. I realized we were a little rambly, but this was a fun conversation. Hmm. So, uh, gentlemen, all that's left to say is... Beep boop. Beep boop. Beautiful, I couldn't ask for any better. <laughs> <laughs>